I'm Nicole Matheson, and this is Unbreakable, the podcast exploring intimate relationships and what makes us thrive within them. There have been many times in my marriage when I've felt really disconnected and stuck. It really is the worst feeling and made me feel helpless and hopeless. But getting unstuck doesn't really work when you're coming at it from your desperation. It really takes some consciousness and intentionality. But when we know the secrets for making a shift and getting unstuck, we have so much power to change things. So if you feel like it's time to make a shift in your relationship or your relationship status, I've put my tools and techniques together into a free five-day challenge called Shift Your Relationship and in brackets, without changing him. And I'd love to invite you to join me. The challenge tunes you back into your power to create the shift and the dynamic that you really want in your relationship. It aims to revive your hope, center you in your heart, help you feel more connected to your partner, and bring you back to the woman who you really want to be in your relationship. Of course, if you're not in a relationship or not with a man, the tools in this challenge will still be relevant for shifting you out of stuckness. So please come and join us. To join, simply go to www.nicolematheson.com forward slash challenge. Now on to today's episode. My guest this week is my friend and client, Marianne Buchanan. Over the past three years, I've watched on as Marianne moved from attracting relationships that were manipulative and at times violent to relationships of mutual attraction that are beautiful and nurturing. Her relationship attractor field has up-leveled so efficiently and so effectively that I couldn't wait to pick her brains and find out how she did it and so gracefully to boot. In this interview, we talk about how Marianne moved from a religious, traditional marriage to dating women, how healing the relationship with her mother has been super powerful. Uh, We talk about relationships to avoid and the red flags to look for. The unspoken frequency of violence in lesbian relationships We talk about her losses of 2016 and how her grief now inspires her and helps her put relationships into perspective. And lastly, we talk about the unending benefits of caring for self. So in this episode, I ask you to please excuse the background noise of my house being renovated I ask you to excuse my cold, and if you catch it, there's a little interruption from a wee one that's kind of cute. Enjoy. journey and how it started where it started and 
Where it then went. Oh, okay. Uh, I grew up quite religious, so there was that emphasis on getting married and having children. Not that I was that excited about it, but it's just what I thought you did. Um, yeah, so much so in religion that I toured with a missionary group overseas. I was on the road for a year and a half. Came back heavily involved in churches and met my husband. Um, I really was for the idea of waiting till you were married. Um, didn't quite get there, but it was that's what I thought you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then when I got married, I just felt like the whole thing was this terrible lie. Mm. Um, and I felt really trapped and isolated and that I had to do all the cooking and the cleaning and didn't feel supported at all. Mm. I was pregnant on my wedding day, so obviously <laughs> and uh so then I was clouded with guilt around that too from the way I'd grown up mm. um but yeah the the shame of not being able to pull the marriage together not being able to make it work was so overwhelming mm. um what what part of it felt like a lie um well at first first few months we didn't have a computer and he was really attentive and when I had the baby, came home from hospital, his family was there with his computer at our doorstep because we'd moved far away and they'd come to visit. Brought up a lot of things that we'd left behind. And then he was, that was it. He'd come home, just be on the computer all the time. So I just felt like this ideal thing that I thought marriage would be. The fairy tale. The fairy tale, you know, happily ever after. And it was caged and trapped and I just... Not that he was a nasty person or seemed to have these expectations of the clean home, but I did. Mm. I had these high expectations of how I was supposed to keep the house clean and look after him and have dinner on the table when he walked through the door mm. and just felt so taken for granted. Mm. Mm. And I'm sure a lot of women can relate. Yeah. I just yeah. started to think, oh, if I was with a woman, she'd help. If I was with a woman... I'd get help with the cooking and the cleaning and the laundry and I'd be nurtured and understood. And that idea just got further and further inside. For about 18 months it was all I'd think about. Mm. As I started and, to and was that the first time you'd had that thought? That you, oh, might, you might be more interested in women? or? Um... It was probably um, when I hit puberty, I noticed these feelings around women that I didn't like and kept trying to push away. Yeah. Um, when I went to university, I, I did kind of explore that a little bit. But, and it scared me mm. because it was so um, out of, of my upbringing well, and there was so much um, judgment around it. So uh, when I met my husband, I was seemed so lovely. It was oh, that would be a much much better road. I think getting married and doing what everyone else does than going down that path. Mm-hmm. But then yes, the marriage seemed a lot harder than I expected, and I just came back flooding back all of those things that I tried to push away. Yeah. Um, so then what happened? Well, um, eventually, I was just getting more and more angry all the time at, at him, just more and more frustrated and 
felt like a slave and I eventually just said, oh, we've got the perfect marriage. I'm, I'm just a lesbian. <laughs> I tried everything, counselling. I tried us to go to relationship counselling. I tried so many avenues to get him to recognise and understand what I needed. But mm. I just gave up in the end. And to me to say that it was a, also more like an out. There's nothing he can do anymore. Mm. Yeah. This, that's the last trump card that I've got. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want to hurt his feelings. Yeah. Or for him to know exactly how hard being with him was and for him to live with that. So I took on the marriage ending on my shoulders probably more than I should have. Mm. Mm. But there was truth in that. There was truth in it. Yeah. It's, it's something I've grappled with since. Like if he'd have been the man that I thought. Right. Would it have happened? Would I have gone that way? Or mm. was it just that's biology and that's who I am? Mm. Yeah. Or do we just love who we love? And when we're nurtured and supported, then that's all we, you know, we care about. Mm. Mm. That's a really interesting question, isn't it? Mm. It's like... Um, maybe everyone could go any way if mm. they were open and flexible enough, you know, yeah. like, yeah, who knows? So what happened after you left the marriage? Where did that path take you? Oh, well, he moved into the spare room and, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, at the time I had a little baby. So I had two boys. Mm. Uh, my eldest was about two and a half, nearly three, and the, the little fellow was four months when he moved into the spare room. And for me, that was it, marriage over. Um, and suddenly, uh, I wasn't afraid to go to sleep at night. Mm. I wasn't afraid of being touched. I could lock the door at night and stop him from coming in. Um, so that was a big thing? Yeah, just to feel safe at night. Safe from him wanting yeah. sex, yeah. or yeah, mm. and when it's the last thing you ever want to do, and I used mm. to have this. I was used to think I could write this blog like 101 ways to avoid having sex with your husband. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us like some top top ones? Oh, like, I think, you know, granny undies, not shaving bits and pieces. <laughs> I also had this blog idea about a thousand and one things I'd prefer to do than have sex with a husband. And I'd go for a walk. Climb a mountain, hug a tree, change a nappy, you know. <laughs> change a nappy was up there. Yeah. Above having sex with husband. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I had a lot of chores to do and that was like the last and worst chore of the day. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Time to get into the spare room, mate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I moved out completely in December of that year and then I began to be exploring what it was to be with women to love women and to open myself up to dating women and it wasn't what I expected yeah so that actually wasn't as easy as you expected either no not at all tell us a bit about how that went um it was so much different to what I'd expected I guess I know how loving I am I know how much I've got to give but I've found so often that in my experience at least the women that I came in contact with um, had had such difficult times accepting their own sexuality or their family accepting their sexuality or they'd had so many broken relationships that 
maybe they were harder, tougher, less open to really loving someone. Mm. That, that relationships were about feeling a need as opposed to two equal people journeying together. Mm. Um, yeah, and I did get, yeah, have quite a few difficult um, connections in that time. Mm. Mm. Difficult? Was there a, a theme? Um, yes, I noticed that what I was most drawn to, I have a quite a dysfunctional relationship with my mother where I'm put down a lot mm. um, and yet my parents have this very beautiful relationship with each other where they're very nurturing of each other and they never speak badly to each other mm. so my model of relationship is not to fight, is to work things out, is to get along, is to have respect and yet because of the way I was treated by my mum I found I, I was in relationships so different to what I was modelled and what you knew was possible. Yes. And yet, when you're used to being trampled, um, mm. it's hard to break that cycle. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so you were you were putting up with shit, basically. Yeah, but then I pulled them up about it. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, there's... so there's quite, um, yeah, these two very opposing forces. I'm not going to be treated badly, and yet I'm with very strong women. And yet you're kind of attracted to... Yeah, the women right. that treat you like that because yeah. that feels comfortable in some warped yeah, kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and then you'd pull them up on it. Yeah, and there'd be conflict. I imagine. Yes, and I don't like conflict. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it was fun and laughter. Yeah, it's just journeying and working out. I guess as the years have gone by, more and more of mm. holding myself worth higher and. It's, you know, those laws of attraction when you feel better about yourself, the people that you're calling into your life are mm. more caring, more nurturing. Yeah. But it's been a long way to get to that point. Yeah, and um, that kind of brings us to the point where I met you, mm. which was a couple of years ago now. Yeah, about three. About three years ago. And um, I'm pretty sure when I met you, you were dating... Oh, you yeah, you were just broken up with someone mm. and you were heartbroken oh yeah 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 and you were like i need a session yeah and um yeah and then from that point i've really seen a a progression mm. in the right direction <laughs> <laughs> little step by little step mm. but definitely if i've seen your evolution through kind of through the women you've attracted yes. and then what you've been willing to put up with. Yeah. 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 Do you want to talk us through that a little? Oh. Or is that a hard thing to talk through? I don't know. I mean... um, before I met you, I moved down to Brisbane because I was living in Cairns. Mm. And my kid's dad said that he wanted to move to Toowoomba and I just couldn't imagine being up there without him. I had no family up there. Started talking to this lovely lady online, and we were talking for about a year. We'd met a couple of times, and she was from Victoria. And she, when I said, "Ah, oh, the kids' dad's moving to Toowoomba. I don't know what to do," she suggested that we both move to Brisbane together, mm. which sounded so fantastic, so meant to be. Ah, oh, awesome, great, yay, that'll be great. And actually, met her in person 
when she suggested that, which um, you hadn't. No, mm. it's pretty bad thing. Mm. So when I did pick her up from the airport a few weeks later, I remember feeling quite oh affronted, disappointed. She wasn't like the photos, but mm. also thinking it's okay. I can see past that. We're gonna have this great life together. It's gonna mm. be fantastic. Run the fine all the time. I really thought that I knew her. She did help me move down from Cairns to Brisbane, so that was fantastic. Um, mm. She was studying, so I decided that I'd finish my sociology degree and then I would um, do a grad dip and do a teaching degree. Mm. Um, so I did. And yet we moved in together and I was studying, she was studying, and I very quickly fell to pieces. She, was, she needed control, she needed predictability. I have two kids, so life is not controlled, life is not predictable. I couldn't keep to her timetable and um, faced a lot of emotional, financial and sexual violence in that situation. Mm. And I had to go through um, domestic services to get out of that. Um, mm. So many people think of violence as between a man and a woman. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and it's a surprise to find that uh, women can be violent and that the, the, the violence of women is more subtle mm. and actually, in my experience, is very manipulative, so it's even more scary. What's it like? Um, like this woman then started to stalk my family, my friends, mm. emailing my mother even. Um, Saying bad things about you. Oh, terrible, terrible things. Terrible things. So it was a form of stalking and a form of, you know, manipulation to a degree I'd never encountered before. Yeah. And yet I've heard from others that they've experienced that from women. Um, mm. So it's more prevalent than you might think. Mm. Yeah, so it's important to look out for red flags. Yes. And I feel like you've got really clever <laughs> at looking out for red flags. Yeah. What would you say some of the top red flags are? Oh, I think how someone talks about their mum. Mm-hmm, okay. Um, is a huge, you know, is there anger in the way that they talk or is there understanding? Yes, we might be conflicted with how our mother raised us. We might struggle with how our mother is. My mum's been clinically depressed for many, many years, so my relationship with her is, has been tumultuous. But I hope in the way that I communicate about her, there's a respect and a kindness and understanding. So those are the things that I look for. Yeah. Um, so you're not thing. stealing blame and the victim yeah, and anger. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Anger is a huge thing. Mm. I'm aware of now and how someone talks about their ex-partners yep um, there's a lot of anger and um, blame towards ex-partners then I know that they're, they're not someone that I could be a friend to them mm. but I wouldn't be more than that because they've still got a journey to go through yep. to get to a place where they can forgive and move beyond those difficult feelings and emotions yep um, can I suggest another one mm -hmm. When things move really fast. Yes. Yeah. And often... Like you've moved in before. Yeah. 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 Often I've seen that happen in lesbian communities. It's so exciting. You've met someone. You just want to be together all the time. But ultimately you're two independent people. You shouldn't 
need each other to be fulfilled. You're already fulfilled as a person. So you shouldn't need to suddenly quickly move in and mm. you haul and build a home together because chances are it'll fall apart just as quickly as it came together. Mm. Mm. And that has been your experience, hasn't it? Like the quicker they kind of, you've moved in. The worse the fall. Yeah. Um, not that anyone's moved in often. It's happened once, twice. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Twice. Um but yeah, I did have one lady around at the time that I met you mm. who'd um, been together a week. I was away visiting my family at the time and she phoned to say, I've got a friend coming up. Do you mind if my friend stays at your house and we'll stay there? Because, you know, she needs somewhere to stay and she can't stay where I'm staying. And I went, oh, okay, sure. I came home and this lady had bought me a washing machine, mm. cleaned my house top to bottom and had moved her stuff into my house. Oh, So I was left, like, Mm. what I should have said was thank you, but no thank you. Yeah. That's very kind of you, but that's not what I need. It's tricky because Mm. it's it's hedged. Yes. In a beautiful, kind gesture. Yes. That you don't want to sound cruel by Mm. rejecting or yeah yeah I remember um she was sending me photos as she's cleaning my house look I've cleaned this for you and I've cleaned that for you and Mm. I remember showing one of my friends and freaking out like oh my god she's ah oh my god she's cleaning my house this isn't you knew you knew then yeah I did and yet I didn't right then put the boundaries in which is what you would do these days definitely well it wouldn't happen these days <laughs> no, no it wouldn't happen these days no it wouldn't happen these days no because I mean that woman in herself showed so many red flags that I <sighs> observed but didn't but still yeah yeah, yeah. you observed when oh this is not quite right but we're like it'll be okay yeah that there's what, yeah. what's going on in that moment there's a big red flag, mm. there's a big, like, maybe a, oof, your intuition yeah. telling you in your gut, yes. there's a heaviness, oof, not sure about this, but there's an overriding happening. Oh, I think it's kind of that, oh, it's just nice to be with someone, you know, mm. kind of that sabotage of self for the need to feel affection. Yeah, okay. To feel cared for and nurtured, and yet that Wanted. care, and yeah, and yet that is conditional. Mm. Because this person isn't ready to mm. give you the kind of love that you need. Because well, they're messy. <laughs> Just, <laughs> well, they're messy. They got their own stuff that they need to sort. Mm. Mm. And this lady very quickly moved out because I would pull her up. Like I won't be spoken to like that. And, yeah, I was quite strong on being treated with respect, so she very quickly moved out. Um, That's been a real saving grace for you, that need to be treated with respect, would you say? (laughs) Yeah. Like, if you had put up with more shit, Mm. that would have gone on for a lot longer. that's true. She ended up moving in with another single mum and doing the exact same thing. Mm. And, like, that lady that I spoke about who we moved in together when I moved down from Brisbane, she left me with her dog when she moved out. I was able to use that dog to try and win family and friends over. And yet, later on, I had someone contact me to say, how did you get out? I'm trying to get out. I've been left with the dog. Oh. So these patterns. So this is one of their tricks. Yeah. This is quite conscious in a way. Mm. It's quite, quite 
manipulative and thought of it. I guess it's worked it. for them. Yeah. It's a pattern for a reason. It doesn't really work, does it? No. <laughs> <laughs> really work. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you so much for sharing all that. I, th- oh, I just you. feel like, you know, I think it's, it's, it's actually huge to talk about violence mm. in lesbian relationships, mm. you know, because mm. you don't really hear it. Well, I don't really hear about it, but I think as well for, um, you know, heterosexual women, that's really yeah. important to hear as well. I was wondering if we could now shift to what I've seen really grow in you, which is this real sense mm-hmm. of self-worth and self-love. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. I... Let's not worry about noises in okay. the background. This is the house. It's the evolution of home. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, I guess it's kind of like what you do, renovating. Mm. You renovate people and now your home is being <laughs> That's right. It needs, the house needs to be up-leveled, just yeah. like the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> putting it. I guess um, I having you know, seen you over the years as, as I deal with things that feel too hard, too overwhelming, too big, and have pulled me into a, a place within myself I don't want to be. In. Like a depression? Yeah, or just, you know, when you're grieving a relationship mm. or um, something difficult that's too big for me to handle, yeah. then you're someone that I'll come and see and have a session and we can have a session or two and I'm back to feeling even better. Mm. Yeah, like my self-worth is back and my, that grief or frustration or sadness is, is lifted. Mm. Um, 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 I always come to much deeper awareness of how and why I was in that situation. Yeah. The things that went wrong. Yeah. Good. So which is which is actually makes the whole thing worthwhile, really. I mm. guess for me, I've had a lot of breakthroughs with my mum. Mm. And for me, my mum's the epicentre. And if I can stand up to my mother, if mm. I can stop that negative cycle that's always been there, Mm. be more assertive in that then my relationships will improve mm. and not just in partners but work friendships mm. not being walked over mm. so tell us uh what have you had to actually like what does that look like to actually stand up to not being walked over by your mum oh i just she puts my kids down i'll stand up for them now right and that's actually really courageous, right? Mm. Because this is your mum. Mm. And you're kind of programmed to please her? Absolutely. And that, you know, respect your elders. Mm. Don't talk back. That's always how I was raised. And now I'm at an age where it's it's paramount that there's if there's inequality mm. in a relationship that I stand my ground. Mm. Um, like last time, oh... Last time I had to stand up to my mum, I ended up just taking my kids and saying, well, we're going. You know, it's a long trip to see her, hours and hours worth of driving. But I, she was disrespectful to my kids, so I packed them in the car and left. I'd never done that before. Mm. I should have. I should have done it years ago. Mm. Mm. And and how did that go down, like, with your relationship with your mum? Uh, it's slow. It's, it's a slow. slow, gradual change, but she's... Yeah. But you're kind of waking her up to her yeah. behaviour in a yeah. way? Yeah, and I guess I'm in such a place within myself, I don't need the kind of connection that I yeah. sought before. Mm. 
um, I'm more able to see what's positive and what's not okay with it and mm. not rely on her like I used to. I've got that in a such a deeper inner strength within myself that that external um, validation isn't as important as it used to be. I love that. And, and I love your connection with that deep mm. inner strength. And, and I, you know, for me, that connection is very much heart based. Mm. So I have to get out of the stories and I have to get out of my head. Yeah. Just wondering, is that the same for you? Like, yeah, that's about, um, knowing that no matter what, no matter who your friends are, that you're enough. Mm. One of the things you always used to say to me is I've got this. Mm. Yeah. Well, it, that that for me is that that relationship with self. It's mm. it's I've got this for me. I'm holding this, and and I think the um, one of the biggest skills really is I've got this mm. is holding yourself in discomfort mm. because when you can do that, you are accepting your truth. Yeah. Even in the most uncomfortable moments, yes. you are there saying, I'm here. Yeah. And that sounds little, like it doesn't sound big, but it's huge. Mm. It, the implications of that and the self-trust and the self-worth that mm. comes from that is just mm. immense. You know, and, and and I just look at you and you're like my pin-up girl. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> just as far as, you know, you've actually, you know, you've had the... I don't know, like the the connection mm. and the smarts to just kind of, I don't know, to really develop that oh. relationship with yourself. Yeah, mm. yeah. And that that kind of brings me to 2016, oh. which <laughs> was a bit of a year for you. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And um, and you know, like the amount of shit you went through in that year is enough for a lifetime. Mm. <laughs> And I watched on and um, was just in awe of the grace with which you handled everything, you know, like, and it, and it brings me to the spiral (laughs) because Mm. 2016 for Marianne really was a spiral. Mm -hmm. It really was a spiral. And I've spoken a bit about the spiral in my Facebook uh, group in the five day challenge mm. that I ran. Um, but I just think we could kind of dive into it a little here yeah. as actually <laughs> in, you know, life, real life spiral. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about 2016. Oh, well, I came into 2016 in um, teaching at a school and found myself. Um, at odds, I think, with maybe the school culture or something, but I felt quite stigmatised at the school. Um, in the midst of that, I was struggling. My brother was going through leukaemia treatment. Um, and I was, you know, also trying to have relationships, um, which fell quickly fell to pieces. So I was, and I was in a band, I was a um, singer. <laughs> Um, and Which, if you listen to the outtakes of today, you'll totally get why. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> um, and by April two thousand 
April, my brother's condition had worsened. It felt like the school I was at, I just couldn't be the teacher I needed to be. My, I was just so overwhelmed mm. um, with that situation. And, um, and then I went to see my brother in May, on May the 6th, and he passed away. Uh, while I was down there in Melbourne um, and seeing his body and being able to hold him and my brother had stopped talking to me for five years um, and yet he and I were so similar he was in theatre he was had a male relationship a relationship with a male we could have been bosom friends we grew up really close and then I you know, was so religious and he was struggling with his identity and he moved to Melbourne, I moved to Cairns and yet we could have been best of buddies mm. in a different world, in a parallel universe. So there was such grief in my heart about how, for whatever reason, he needed to do that at that time and it was only when he was diagnosed that we started to reconnect and talk but his condition... It was six foot nine months. I thought I had more time. Mm. And um, after he died, I knew I, I couldn't continue to work at the school that I was at. I just had to go. I, I had a few years ago, I created a short film and needed a name for that. I needed a website. So I'd come up with this name, Starlight Creative Industries, so that I could send the short film into a competition to make it look legitimate. And... I decided that I would work at that business. That the idea of the business was to do theatre workshops and um, do art, sell art. So I was illustrating a book last year and sort of building on that idea of that business and doing a bit of relief teaching. Um, and then I just a uh, couple of weeks. Oh, about maybe six weeks after my brother passed away, um, the people that I was in the band with um, told me that they wanted to move on the band without me, <laughs> <laughs> which was horrible. And I, you know, all that rehearsal every week, sometimes twice a week, sometimes more. Um, and I loved being the band. I, I felt quite respected and valued, and then to find that maybe I wasn't. Or maybe not by everybody. Um, it was really tough. Um, and then in October of last year, my my brother's best friend, who is my cousin Ben, he was the same age as my brother. Ben was always often, so often in our house. The two of them were so inseparable, always from when they were both little brothers. Um, he couldn't recover after my brother passed away and he um, he jumped and died um, so I the grief of last year is like nothing I've ever experienced those two those two young men were had the same feelings as I had the same feelings for them as I do my own children. It was because my brother was so much younger than me. I felt like his mum growing up. Um, and which is probably why he distanced himself. I was too mothery. Mm -hmm. To 
just loved him so much and always thought he could try harder or maybe I pushed him too much. Um, so it was sort of akin to losing my sons. And I just wanted to do something so that I wouldn't forget them ever. Um, well, some of the things that really helped at the time were seeing like tarot card readers and just to connect with something else or to find answers to things that no one could give me um, and to find a sense of hope in that hopelessness. Um, and at the end of last year, I applied to do the NICE program with Centrelink. We're sponsored to do a certificate for a business. Um, and I decided that I wanted to run professional development drama training for teachers using the skills that I learned when I was with the touring drama missionary group um, to do, train to support teachers in the classroom in how to have their students speak more confidently, um, stand um, properly on stage, walk on stage, have how to be a different character, how to use your voice in different ways to be a different character. My idea was that was because in many ways my cousin and my brother, they would never found themselves in school and that I think is a big reason they clung on to each other so much. They were fell beneath between the cracks, were bullied, school is tough. I wondered if they had found something exciting at school that they really liked. They might have had more resiliency or my cousin in particular after losing Steve, whether he might have found more hope. Mm. So my business is dedicated to them and I've got them on the website and they're my inspiration for what I'm now doing. Mm. Mm. So just coming back to, you know, I suppose it, it feels like thing after thing mm. going on in that year for you. How did you get through Yes, you. <laughs> they say you, and it was all too hard. Mm. Um, and what did that? How did that actually help, though? Like I had so much grief that I've had to work through. There's still so much grief in my heart. It was only um, a few weeks ago that it was the first anniversary of my brother's passing, mm. and I just stayed in bed for the whole day and cried my face off. So I Your whole to face do. off. My whole face. It's three groans. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess. Feeling it. Feeling it. Being okay to just, mm. if I needed to stay in bed and cry, do it. Mm. But not staying there. To, if you're happy, mm. be happy. Like, let whatever that feeling is, letting it come out. And like even um, when I was crying a few weeks ago, it was healing to cry. Yeah. To let the tears come, to process it, to let, let it wash away. So that the next day I could be back to myself. Mm. Yeah. And, I, and I've had a conversation or two with you um, about how this has changed you mm. in relationship mm. and in the grieving process over a relationship that doesn't work. Mm. Um, yeah, that's true. I guess when you lose someone so substantial in your life, that's worth crying about. Mm. When they are gone and when they have passed away and you cannot bring them back, that is worth breaking your spirit over. That is worth crying, gut-wrenching tears. 
and it's shifted how I could never, I don't think I will ever be as affected by a a broken relationship because someone might break up with me um, or a relationship might not work for whatever reason, but they're still alive. Still a chance to talk and have reconciliation, to hang out and have coffee. They're still alive. Mm. I know that sometimes the grief of a broken relationship is the equivalent of death. Mm. The pain is so intense and so hard. But they're not gone forever. Mm. And in the midst of a heartbreak, it's hard to see that at the time. Um... So I guess I go into relationships not so needy anymore because I know I've got such strength within myself. And you know that if it doesn't work, you'll be okay. Yeah, absolutely. Pick myself up, dust myself off. Okay, that was nice. That was a nice journey that I went on. I learned stuff. They were a beautiful soul. I try and always be really thankful to them and say thank you for that time. And you know, For whatever reason, it didn't work, but I'm really grateful for that moment that you were there in my life for that time and it seems as well that you've got really good Mm -hmm. at going that's their shit yeah yeah one of the things I've learned just had this huge big awakening moment was so often I've thought it's because I have children Mm. I have kids no one wants to date me they don't want to be with me I have kids the relationships aren't going to work they're going to find my kids too hard too much, too overwhelming. Be that as it may be. And if that's the case, it's not me, mm. it's them. Mm. For whatever reason, they're not ready. And if I didn't have the boys, chances are it wouldn't work out anyway. Mm. I know so many beautiful single women who are my age or older who don't have children, and yet their relationships aren't working out either. Mm. It's, I should stop blaming these gorgeous little people because no matter what, they love me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely, absolutely love me unconditionally. Mm. And that's what's important. And to hold them and to know, like, I don't ever want to do anything to make them not mm. love their mummy like they do. Yeah. It's <laughs> pretty special. Mm. And so where are you at now in relationship? Ah, oh, stuff. <laughs> <Gosh. laughs> I ask as though you haven't told me anything. (laughs) Um, I guess as the years have gone by, I've noticed that I've been getting into more and more nurturing relationships. They're getting better, more real, more, um, can be more myself. And I feel more and more valued. And so I've been picking more. um, Attracting. 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 Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, (laughs) She is blushing. <laughs> I can... um, yeah, where I'm at is I just feel really nurtured in the connection that I'm in. And mm. it's very early days, so I'm not willing to jinx it. Touch wood. Um, but whether I have just jinxed it or not, it's <laughs> such a special, amazing connection that I'm, um, I've got that even if it doesn't work, I'm so, so honoured and blessed to have met this amazing individual Mm. yeah and like very very similar yeah Mm. very similar idea of things that makes such a difference when you find someone you can really who really gets you and you get them Mm. Mm. gorgeous um i'm wondering 
what you would say to a woman if she was struggling mm-hmm. with attracting someone who who was uh, you know had their heart in the right place or yeah. someone who was willing to be love loving and nurturing towards them mm-hmm. if, if they were kind of stuck in that cycle yeah. of attracting I never would have believed it before but it really is about looking after yourself first mm. and not living for a relationship not living thinking if I do this I'll meet that right person if I'm look at my you know if I put on just the right amount of makeup or straighten my hair just right I'll attract that person because when you're ready they will come mm. And what, how do you get ready? How, what would you advise? Oh, it's just to know that you've got this. You're beautiful and special just because you are you. Mm. And if someone can't see that, you don't need them. Seriously, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> because you are enough. Um, and that person will come when you are not looking. Mm. When you know that you're enough. I know that it sounds very... Oh, but oh, why? You know, to stop looking—it's—it's it's not easy. Or to not even stop looking, but not even need to look, mm. because you're happy. Mm. Mm. And if you had a word of advice for your younger self who was mm. married, mm. what would it be? Don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah, I remember just being so lonely. So sad, so guilt-ridden and ashamed. And yet, if I could see myself now, I'd know that it was all worth it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And I've got. I'm. I'm really picking your brains for advice. I know. But <laughs> <laughs> one more. Um, maybe this is for yourself again. Mm. When you really are at the bottom of that spiral Mm. of that loop that downward turn Mm. like dredging through (laughs) through the mud everything feels like shit yeah Yeah. what would you say to her hang hang on hang in you know um so often when you're there you forget what it's like to be happy Mm. you forget what it's like to be joyful because your heart is so depressed and sad Mm. Um, it will get better it will get better it will get so much better there Mm. is so much more out there and the universe doesn't want us to feel sad Mm. it gives us people I think that can help and support us and hold us and Mm. the tools it's just about being open to receiving them you know Mm. when one door shuts where's the door where's the one that's opening Mm. there will be one there if you look Mm. yeah Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. And as promised, here's the outtakes, just for a laugh. La 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 la. La 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 la. Testing, testing, one, two, three. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in. You can find the show notes for this episode at nicolematheson.com forward slash podcast 17. 
While you're there, sign up for my free Shift Your Relationship 5-Day Challenge and come back to the woman you want to be in your intimate relationships. If you have enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to share it with your friends. Perhaps these are just the words that could help someone you know and love. And hit subscribe or sign up to my newsletter so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks so much. Until next time, bye-bye.